Welcome to the Jesus People segment of the Antioch Indie Podcast, a place where each week we're going to hear from different people about what it means to walk with God. We hope that you leave encouraged and equipped and that this builds your faith for what God wants to do in your life. Welcome everybody to the Jesus People segment of the Antioch Indie Podcast. This is Karis Freegi. I am your host. And the purpose of this portion of our podcast is really to introduce people on a more familiar level to different people in our church um, through interviews. That's why we've had these Meet the People segments. We also have times where it will just be Pastor Andrew and I sitting down talking about stuff that's on his heart. And then we'll also have these things that are more like a conversation, maybe a conversation about evangelism like I had with Crystal Brown and Linda Znako a few episodes ago. Today's episode I feel really excited about. I have Sam Best with me as a co-interviewer slash conversationalist, right, Sam? And then we have Stefan Davenport with us, um, who I have heard your story through your wife, and I've heard your story through other people, but never face-to-face. And so I'm excited to have you on today for that, for myself. But then I also think that your story offers something to our church as a whole. Um, And so I think I feel really excited for today. Thanks for being here. Stefan, what do you do in real life? I'm a hairstylist. At Radiate 60. With Crystal and and your sister. Sister and Annabelle. That's great. And then you also, in your free time, tell me about some of the things you love to do. The free time uh, is consumed entirely by swimming, biking, and running. Um, Right? Just like yours, right, Sam? Yeah, Yeah, just like me. Yeah, see him all the time. (laughs) Okay, Okay, so swimming, biking, running. Anything triathlon related. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that, I mean, it takes up all, I mean, the bike rides and running are, they're pretty long. Yeah. I mean, just time-wise. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, other than my wife and Dax and hair, it's all on the bike and running. It's training. Yeah. We had Brad Huff on a few weeks ago and he was talking about that too. He, He trains with you, right? Yeah. Yeah, we were, I mean, all we talk about is we talk about God, we talk about food, and triathlons. <laughs> that's that's, that's Brad great. And yeah. Brad, yeah, that's Brad's always like, and, and usually not in that order. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Do you um, do you count macros like Brad does? No. 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 You just kind of like Brad feel. counts macros. Did he tell you? Well, he said, I'm either going to like count macros perfectly. Anyway, I'll yeah. have He is getting better. I need to yeah. check him on that. Yeah. Um, what are you training for? Is there like a goal uh, or a deadline? Uh, not, not really a goal. Uh, it's just something I really, I mean, I have a couple of races coming up in July and August, but, um, no goal. Mm-hmm. I just love doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I need exercise in my life and, yeah. and the guys I do this stuff with, um, and Janelle's probably very appreciative of me <laughs> being a better husband because of the exercise. Yeah. Yeah. Tell That's me crazy. like, how did you get into, especially triathlons? Um, it's one thing to be like, I'm going to go on a run, but to be like, yeah. I'm going to run and I'm going to bike. <laughs> you swim first, yeah. right? Yeah. That alone, I'm like, no, I can't. Yeah, so I got in, I mean, Janelle's family was doing them uh, and then invited me to do them. Uh, I come from a really strong, like, biking family. Like, everybody rides. My grandpa owns a, a company called Wandering Wheels. No way. Where they ride from uh, Seattle, Wa- or somewhere in Washington, uh, all the way to Florida. Uh, oh so, gosh. like, across the United States. Yeah. And then back to Indiana. So they, they do that, or they used to do it all the time. He's, he's older now, so he doesn't do it. Yeah. Uh, so everyone on that side rides, and then on my mom's side as well, everybody rides there too. So uh, I've been riding for a while, and um, 
Yeah, and it just turned into the triathlon. So as I got older, I needed something to do. So if you're bored, anyone listening, yeah, pick up triathlon. Yeah. Why not? Is that what you'd say? Easy. Pick up triathlon. Yeah, sure. I don't know. Sam, have you ever attempted? No, I have not. But you Probably won't. I mean, I sure. That's you if that's what you want to call it. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> Fifteen minutes at a time. Yeah. yeah right. Right. Um, okay. So obviously, you're pretty athletic. You have to be to do stuff like that. Ish. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, yeah, he is. Yeah, that's I'm question. not going to say how athletic <laughs> I am. <laughs> yeah, yeah right I'm pretty now. good. Chad would be like, I'm a pretty good athlete. Um, anyway, okay, so tell me, where did you grow up? You are obviously Carly Rush is your sister. Yeah. The Rush family went to Indonesia recently, and our, our church was, like, praying for them. Yeah. Um, if mm -hmm. you haven't met Carly, she's precious, and you should meet her. She's yeah. your sister. Yeah. And tell me about your life. Like, where did you guys grow up? So we grew up in Upland. Well, Born in, in Oregon, yes. and then moved to Michigan. My dad was a hall director there at uh, Spring Arbor College. Oh. Um, it's like Taylor, kind of. Yeah. Um, and then moved to Muncie for a year, and then Upland, since I was in first grade. Where is Upland? I would assume it's so, Upland because of the name. You know where Taylor is, right? <laughs> I don't. I like Indiana's She's not from my, Texas. Oh. Like, Sam, don't act like you know where it is. Mr. <laughs> Texas. I know exactly where I it is. I just assumed you knew. I mean. I don't. Okay. So... <laughs> From here, it's like an hour, uh, in between here and Fort Wayne, it's like an hour north of here. Okay. On 69. Okay. Yeah. So that's where you guys grew up? Yeah, so grew up there. Um, uh, yes, that's where I grew up. That's great. <laughs> that's great. Um, and then you and Janelle got married how many years ago? So we just had our fourth anniversary. Okay. Um, we started dating uh, six years ago, dated for a year, engaged for a year, and then married for four. Okay. Yeah. And then what, what was the transition like? I know y'all were part of another church that we all kind of like knew each other from. And yeah. then what was the transition to Antioch? What, so what we moved to, to Zionsville, and so we found another church there. Oh, yeah. And we, we liked it. Yeah. Um, but we didn't have, like, the community that we have, mm -hmm. like, that we were looking for. Mm -hmm. uh, we just wanted something a little bit, I mean, just more intimate and smaller. And the, we just needed, we needed small groups together. Mm -hmm. um, so my sister numerous times would talk about it. And mm. uh, and so finally, she was like, "Can you guys just just come one yeah. week to see what you think?" <laughs> yeah. And then just to being, Antioch, just come to Antioch. Yeah, yeah, I've always been a very nice brother yeah. to her, sure. so I said okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I came that once, and it was in the old National Center. Yeah. Um. And then just loved loved everything about it. Loved the people. Mm -hmm. uh, loved the message. Uh, the worship. Uh, and it just had a different feel of like mm -hmm. uh, how everyone truly is super connected with each other there's mm -hmm. there was no one in the church that people didn't know about mm -hmm. like everyone mm -hmm. just or everyone it was a family yeah uh so yeah we did that i mean i don't know it's been three years or so mm -hmm. something like that that's wild. yeah and you're in sam's life group which yes. we put that yeah. together just yeah. now sam like what do you remember about janelle and stefan when you first met them do you have any like first impressions? oh man Putting that's you on a great spot. question yeah um or like what are things about them that you would just describe to other well people? i remember i knew you guys for a long time before i knew that you and uh yeah that you had like relatives that went to our church oh really <laughs> yeah i was like wait y'all are related like the rush oh my gosh i had no idea yeah. and so that was interesting mm -hmm. and then i was like oh it makes so much sense mm -hmm. <laughs> um no, I, I mean, I just remember uh, seeing some hungry people come around, and which we all are, and we're all, anybody that comes in and is like, yeah, I want to be a part of this, that's part of their story, but mm -hmm. I remember them coming around and going, like, 
we need family. And just yeah. like he's saying, like that's that's exactly what they were doing was looking for that. So yeah. which is great. Your life group seems to have had a lot of people pregnant at the same time. Oh my gosh. Right? Who yeah. hadn't been pregnant before. <laughs> sure. And then mm-hmm. a bunch of little boys were born. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wasn't yeah. it like all little boys? Was there a girl? Besides um, Emily? Yeah. 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 Like every single girl, I think, who's been pregnant. Maybe. Right. <laughs> yeah. Dangerous. Just don't about. Go to that yeah. life Just group. about. You don't yeah. want to get pregnant. That's right. That's and your life group just multiplied out anyway, so, right? Right. A couple yeah, fairly ago. recently. Yeah. yeah. Cool. That's great. I love that, that you're even here doing that for Stefan's interview. Yeah. It's yeah. so Me great too. how that changes. I remember when I hung out with Janelle, like, one of the first times, my first thought about her was just, like, she was she is she brings everything to the table you know like she's is who oh, she is good word. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and but she's a kind of like magnetizing person like she's so honest and open and vulnerable that it really like i remember we went to the women's retreat the first one we had yeah and just the way she was sharing it wasn't anything like inappropriate or weird like it was just like such it was at such a level though that everyone else she like took to. down everyone's walls which yeah, yeah. i'm assuming awesome. that you guys cultivate that in your house which is awesome that yeah. sort of honesty yeah Speaking of honesty, I would love to go into your story a little bit. Like yeah. I said, I mentioned before that I've heard, you know, bits and pieces, and Janelle's told me a little bit, but I would like to hear it from you, yeah. from how everything um, has been working out in your own life. And right. I, I referenced this to you. We, like, made a laugh about it that I'm having you on because we're trying to maybe <laughs> do some of these more series-specific podcasts. Um, and the series we just started is Cultural Architects. And um, the first series, like the first message he gave, it was basically about, like, does sin exist? And if it does, should we call it sin? And I just caught, like, one sentence that he said. And he said that, like, I mean, I, I listened to the whole thing. But the one that, like, stuck out to me was, like, that we think sin is us basically saying no to all these really fun things. Um, mm. And that it's, like, yeah. the Lord, you know, being like, oh, I just don't want you to have fun. But really it's, like, no like God hates what kills us. And I think your story encapsulates a journey that something was trying to destroy your life. Yeah. And you've come out victorious. It's a very nice way to put it. Is it? Yeah, Good. well done. <laughs> it doesn't offend you? It doesn't make you? No, no, okay, yeah. great. So I would just love for you to start from the very beginning. Yeah. Um, when when did your story start for you? Um, so I, when I think about like, you know, where with the place I got myself into, and I, I always thought, you know, where did this even start? Mm-hmm. And it was everything was was all good, elementary school, mm-hmm. and then in junior high I noticed. I mean, my parents noticed too. It's when I started to um, just hang around people that I shouldn't be hanging around, mm-hmm. um, just very small things like that that can start it, um, and just your a desire to fit in with a certain group, yeah. uh, things like that. Uh, so that's kind of where it all started. My mom noticed a, a shift going into seventh grade where the where the schools kind of combined mm-hmm. um and so it was little things there not nothing much just you know just being stupid boys and mm-hmm. then later on at, at you know end of eighth grade just little stuff like I started chewing tobacco like and just it was more than just that it was like I was starting to hide things yeah from my parents and family um and your fit your parents were believers and yeah family. super I had a awesome home Mm -hmm. I mean I don't I don't think it could have been much better Mm -hmm. Um, so I mean there was it was uncommon you know just coming from that good of a family like the rest of my friends were pretty their families weren't close they didn't hold them accountable to much but um, but I I knew better yeah Um, so that kind of started that whole rebellion type thing Um, 
and then you know later on it started uh, I started going to you know just trying to fit in with that group again going to parties and even if I wasn't doing anything there I still just wanted to be associated with that group mm -hmm. um, and then that that led to a lot of other things do you want me to just start talking about that uh, sure like just yeah whatever yeah. whatever you felt like was the I mean, sin that I, enticed you that ended yeah um, I mean, so my, the biggest part of my story was addiction to narcotics, mm -hmm. uh, for about 10 years of my life. So, um, and what was like the starting point for that? Cause there, there was a moment, right? Like a time, you, an injury. Yeah. Yeah. So there was, um, I mean, times in high school when, you know, I'd see painkillers, uh, people passing out at a party or something. I, I would never, I never took any, um, that was probably my junior year. Um, then senior year, I started to, uh, you know, I had a friend that had like a, an injury or something like that where he had some and um, it felt a little more innocent because it was coming from like a friend that wasn't this weird person at a party. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I liked him a lot, uh, but I didn't seek him out really after that. Uh, so I, I would, I smoked weed for, you know, every day for years and, um, and that was it was just a bunch of shady things and I was hiding it from my family and, mm -hmm. and everybody else so um, so yeah so that that started my senior year off and on taking painkillers nothing no addiction yet uh, and then 2002 I had a neck injury playing football at Taylor um, that I was given some painkillers and um, I liked them a lot mm -hmm. uh, and so I you know I, I would take them when I didn't need to and just started doing that, um, just got into the habit, and that became like a daily, uh, a daily pleasure. Mm -hmm. uh, and I would just start. I noticed myself planning out like when am I going to take the next ones, mm -hmm. uh, and if I was out, I was like, where am I going to get the next, the next bottle? Um, so it wasn't like a full blown addiction that year. It was like kind of off and on. Mm -hmm. I would seek them out sometimes. You know, I would take them when I can get them, um, and then. Uh, I don't remember exact time frame because it was a while ago, um, but it was uh, probably that that summer. Um, I had gotten pretty addicted to them because I, I mean everyone has them in their house, you know, family, friends, every, every house you go to, you can usually just look or could. It it was it wasn't as people didn't know about it. Yeah, as it wasn't much. like off limits as it like things now they've gotten a little more. Yeah. Um, so, <clears throat> uh, sophomore year uh, was was really bad before football camp even started. I just didn't know how I was going to get through everything I was trying to do with football in school um, without them. So, at that point, you're, you're you're taking them just not to get sick. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, I remembered my. This was like the the main point when I was like something something is wrong is, is really wrong wow. um but uh we were as a football practice with all my pads on and and i just could not stop thinking about them you know i got like a the craving in my stomach mm -hmm. you know physically i was i mean i was already sweating from football but you just start sweating differently wow. yeah um because mentally you just start getting anxious and depressed and you just feel dark yeah. um and you only have one thing on your mind um so I, I was like, I can't take it anymore. And so I just pretended like I had some emergency and just ran from my team to the locker room. Um, 
and just took off my pads and then uh, <clears throat> and then uh, ran back to my dorm and just got my drawer and uh, and took some and then just sat there and just waited uh, to not feel sick anymore. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> so. And that, that was like the first time I was like, man, I'm I'm so lonely. Yeah. Um, and I just wanted to be away from everybody um, and just feed feed the addiction. And so. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that was the first the first time I was like, that's awful. Um, and then another time, you know, during the season. Um. Friday it was a Friday night because we had a game Saturday morning. And um, I was in my dorm room, and I, w- I was out of pills, and I had not experienced, like, I had experienced withdrawals, like, the sweats and the thoughts and all that, but um, this time uh, I was throwing up all night just in the bathroom, and it was just mm. bile. Man. And it wasn't, like, it wasn't the flu, and I, I just knew, I knew what it was. Yeah. And I knew, like, mm. <clears throat> how deep I was in, into that um and how hard that was going to be to get out. Yeah, it must have been and really terrifying to Right. Me. Yeah, and so, uh, so I was like, well, I can I either just keep this going because um, I don't think I can do another day or two days without them, um, and I don't I don't know how to do that. Yeah. Anyway, right. so the easiest thing was just to um, I didn't ask the Lord for help. I didn't ask anyone for help. It was like my own yeah. my own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's some people that knew, you know that that I would get them from uh but but yeah I just skipped the football game the next day and I just stayed you know in my room and I just didn't want to my parents came to the room they saw I wasn't at the game uh and so I just kind of lost care for for everything from from that year on I only had that one goal I mean I, I didn't care about school I was just I just went downhill yeah. with everything and I just became pretty shady with uh like what I was you know stealing them you know I wasn't I wasn't doing anything else wrong as like a person it was like all just my my main focus was just on on where am I going to get more and how am I going to do it um so that was the beginning of of all that yeah um and at this point your family didn't really know no uh not not many people knew especially my my family didn't know Mm-hmm. Um, the moment they they really found out, I think they had some suspicion. Like you know, obviously something was Not was wrong. Right like now. weight changed and all that. Because I, I used to you know work out a lot and eat well, and then I became skinny and and, yeah. and pale and I quit football. Um, and I mean, yeah, my parents could tell, but they were sitting at Ivanhoe's one time, which is uh, the ice cream, and, you know, mm-hmm. I, I know that because oh, Carly so and Chris met there, right? Yeah. And they, like, yeah. that's the only reason I know yeah. because he, like, works there, and she yeah. liked them. Anyway. So my parents were eating there, I don't know what, this is my sophomore or junior year in college, and um, um, they were just, you know, trying to enjoy some food and some ice cream, and the kids behind their booth were, didn't know that that was my parents. Mm-hmm. Um and they were talking about me and my roommate saying they don't know how we're still even in school with all the pills we take. Wow. Um, and so my mom, you know, obviously that hurt her a lot. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, and so she, so she knew from then on and, um, and so she, she would walk around my dorm like seven times like Jericho. Yes. So she, she just prayed every, every day she just took walks around my dorm and, and, and would find me, you know, and just, she was just trying to pray and she would wake up praying, she'd go to bed praying and she would take my jacket from home. Uh, to like moms in touch, you know, and everyone lay hands on my jacket and pray. Um, and then give it back to you. Yeah. yeah. That's wild. <laughs> you like wear No, this. I mean, it was a jacket I didn't wear. Yeah. No, that's so awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so my, my mom and my dad, but my, my mom was like, <clears throat> she was, she was just desperate. Yeah. Uh, my Gosh. dad was too, they just handled it in different ways, but, mm-hmm. um, my mom was super desperate to, uh, to fix this somehow and she just yeah. didn't my, my family didn't know how to do it yeah it's amazing um i mean so from there the, i know too yeah keep going so so this is all happening <clears throat> and i know that you ended up going somewhere yeah. right for a while and what what was that transition like so you're like in this low place and so i mean a lot of things had happened at that point i mean um just with school um i went for uh, I mean, I was in Mexico for school, and I just wanted so badly just to in- appreciate being there, but I was just, I ran out of pills there, mm-hmm. um, and you know we were on a bus and this with our students, and we were you know everyone's bags were in there, and we were everyone was sightseeing, and I was like I'm gonna stay back because I just I needed to find pills so badly, um, and I just pretended I was sick, and I just the whole time they were gone. I was just shaking bags, trying to hear pills, um, mm. and just missing out on on something that should be so much fun. I was, I was so sick and so desperate um, to find them. Yeah, like that's the only thing I would do. Um, so I just spent years of of living that lifestyle mm-hmm. of missing out on so much good. Um, that should have been such a, a fun time in life to mm-hmm. uh, being in such a, a prison. Of addiction yeah. um, and everything that came with it. So, um, I saw my friends graduating, and I I didn't. I tried to come back for another semester right after that senior year, but I I just I couldn't do anything. Um, I was just too sick. So, mm-hmm. uh, I moved back home, and um, there's so many things that happen. Yeah. I'm I'm just trying to keep yeah. it condensed. Um, so I guess the main, the main thing that happened, um, where things turned around. There's a lot of stories, you know, of bad stories of, like running with the the cop one time, uh, where I should have definitely went to to jail. I had a, a bunch of pills in my car, bottles without my name on it, uh, that I'd taken. Um, and I had just come from a bar. I just smoked weed in the car, and I got pulled over. This was the first time I was like. Somebody's protecting me from yeah. something. Um, Your mom's prayers are, yeah. something's happening. Yeah, so I had just taken I had a, a thing of liquid morphine, and I had Xanax that I had taken. I had been drinking, yeah. and I just smoked weed in the car. And so I was trying to drive to wherever I was going, and I was in Indy that summer, and I, I was getting pulled over. And you know, in my head, I was like, there's just no way I'm not going to jail. Mm-hmm. It's impossible. Um and so I rolled down my window, like without even saying much. I mean, the cop just makes me get out and do the sobriety test. Like I fall over on my shoulder, like I'm 
I'm, <clears throat> I should, I, he should have taken me right there. And then I see other cops coming there. Um, and so I, you know, I thought this is going to be the time where the life changing moment mm-hmm. where I have to go to jail for a little while and then yeah. things will get better. It's something I was like, I thought something like that had to happen. Right. Um, and I don't even remember what I talked to the cops about, but it was for like 10 minutes or so. And they were, I remember talking about college, um, but he walked me back to the car and, and let me go. And, wow. um, and so maybe not in the exact moment, but like the next day, I was like, so <clears throat> the Lord's protecting me here. Yeah. Um, and started to question things and, um, that same summer, I'm pretty sure it was that same summer, um, I was out of pills again. I'd, I'd been through so many doctors that wouldn't see me anymore uh, because I was just looking for pills. And um, so I drove from Indy to Muncie, found a doctor there, um, and I got some stuff, some like stuff for anxiety, like they wouldn't give me pain, p- pain pills, but I got something that would help me with the withdrawals. So um, I was just so worn out and so tired of running from mm-hmm. everything. Um, and as I was driving home, I put on worship music. Wow. Um, and um, I just felt so convicted. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so I, I was just sobbing, mm-hmm. um, and I was just yelling, like screaming to the Lord how sorry I was. Wow. Um, <clears throat> when you say, like, convicted, was it like a shame conviction, or was it like a, wow, like, I, like, the Lord loves me, I'm, yeah. I'm convicted? Yeah, it was, there was no, no condemnation or anything. It was all just... Wow. It, it was just like a feeling like I'm here. Mm-hmm. This is why I came to this world was for, for your brokenness. Um, and, um, whatever I, I felt, I was really excited about. I yeah. didn't, I didn't feel bad at all. I just felt excited that, um, I felt the Lord's presence for the yeah. first time. Yeah. God um, showed up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Would you say and, up to that point, had you, like, if you look back in your history, were there moments where the Lord had initiated with you before, or was this kind of like the very first time you felt? I mean, there was, there, I, I prayed against, I, I prayed, I told, basically asked the Lord to leave me alone, because uh, I, I remember praying this prayer at my parents' house, getting ready to go to a doctor's appointment the next morning, and I was, didn't want him to interfere with getting more pills, so I was, wow. I literally was asking him just to leave me wow. alone, and I don't want anything to do with it if that's going to keep me from... Yeah. getting this so so that was the first time and it was kind of confirmed to my mom um because she always every single morning she would say lord is this a day of salvation for my son oh, my um, what a mom yeah seriously <laughs> you need to interview her now. <laughs> so she for years she asked you know she would ask the lord that that's the day of of salvation so um when i went home um i went to my parents you know i was sobbing, saying I felt the Lord's presence for the first time, um, and I was honest with them about everything, called my grandparents, wow. and so my my mom, she got in my car, um, and I'd list, been listening to the worship music on the way home, um, and she went to go get gas in my car and get me food, and um, when she got in the car, there was no, no, um, no music, no nothing, um, but there was, she said it was like a loud voice over the radio 
And I said, this is the day of salvation. Goodness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's so cool. And so that was a confirmation to her. Yeah, I would this say was so. Fun. I think that's the Lord. That's the Lord. Yeah, <laughs> that this was like, this was the real deal. Wow. Um, um, and it was really just me letting my guard down and just letting or letting the Lord come into my life that the major changes started happening. Wow. It wasn't like I was going out there and just researching how to do this. It was, right. yeah. it was just literally saying, okay, okay Lord, I'm, I'm ready to be fixed. Um, and whatever that means, I want it to happen. Yeah. Um, and then, so a lot of, a lot of really good things started happening, even though I was still fighting the addiction. Right, like it's still yeah. a journey, but the Lord yeah. had And it took a long so. time. Yeah. Um, but, so yeah, so for wh- where I went was, uh, it was a methadone clinic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I tried one other thing for like a, a day, didn't work. Um, and, um, uh, uh, so this methadone clinic, it, it's a, it's like a synthetic morphine. It, it just, it's very hard to get off of. You, you, you can take yourself up on the dosage really high, um, which basically it's just you, you get it legally. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, it, it's, it's just, it's more addicting than anything out there. Wow. Um, Gosh. And I took myself up to the highest dose, which made it even seem more impossible yeah, to, to get, get off of. So mm-hmm. when we went in there, my mom, I was number two eighty nine. And now it's thousands, but um, my mom was like, you know, is there anyone that's gotten, been able to get clean of this stuff? And the nurse said, well, we've had one person, and that's out of 289 people. What? So my mom was really yeah. down about that. Um, I didn't care because I just wanted whatever to make me feel better. Mm-hmm. I wanted that. So um, that was a five-year journey. Wow. Um, and so I went up to 120 milligrams, and probably, that was probably, I don't know, within two years. So I probably had three years of um, of decreasing at one dose at a time, like mm-hmm. once a week. Um, and I just thought how impossible that was, because when I went from 120 to 119, um, I started sobbing on the way home, and I was just, you know, telling the Lord how scared I was yeah. losing just that one milligram, which is nothing, but yeah. that was just all my security. Right. Uh, goodness was in that like you know that's it was it's such an addicting thing that mm-hmm. um so I remember the Lord always put a, a picture in my head of me being out um in in the water like in the ocean with yeah. 120 um like what do you call those things that you've the floaty things the yeah yeah so he would always give me that that picture he's like undoing one at a time yeah oh, and it'd wow. be like one at, one would go and he'd be like, all right. He's like, I got you. He's like, we can do this. Gosh. Um, and then, um, you know, I would feel sick in the middle of the night. And so I, I had a wooden cross. It was called cling to the cross. Um, and I would just ask the Lord for help. Gosh. And, just hold, <clears throat> and I would just hold this cross and just, you know, I, I would hang on to that for security or, or any, any, anything that I needed that I was lacking. Um, I would just hold on to that, and I would feel a lot better. And uh, anyway, so yeah, that a lot went by of, or nights went by of, um, of taking off a buoy at a time. Yeah. And then finally, like I remember the last day, um, I was just in the shower listening to some worship music, and and it was such a scary feeling floating out there by myself and with the Lord, but 
he just made me feel so comforted yeah. that um, I was like, oh, we're, we're finally doing this yeah. without anything else. Yeah. Um, and so that was just the greatest feeling in the world to be free of all that. Mm-hmm. That's wild. So I went to Bethel like right after that um, okay. so I could just get rid of withdrawals mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a good place to be. Yeah, yeah sure. and I just need – and so in the middle of that methadone clinic, the five years, um, uh, one of my buddies that had went to school there had moved back home and um, gave me some sermons from there. And um, and I completely stopped listening to music. Like, I just didn't want anything else. Like I just wanted everything that they were preaching. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is what my, this is what I need. Um, yeah. And so I would just listen to sermons all, I mean, all day, every day, any second that I could, you know, right when I woke up, when I was going to bed, working out, when, you know, at work. Um, so I was just, I was just so hungry mm-hmm. for, um, for a true sense of identity. Yeah. Um, cause I just didn't have it. Uh, so yeah, that was a few years of just listening to sermons only and then being clean of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you went to Bethel. Yeah. Then I went to Bethel and then got to meet Bill and Chris and then Jason Valentin, Chris's son, who's sermon I listen yes. to a lot. It's called Working Through Pain. And you just went on a trip with all of them, right? Yeah, with like Brad. With Brad yeah. yeah, so I was able to talk to Jason because so I talked to him when I was there about what I had what I'd gotten done with. Yeah. Um, and then I was able to tell him the last time I was with you, um, I was just so scared. I was just off of, you know, that whole lifestyle from yeah. the biggest part of my life I was on, you know, I was addicted to something. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, now I'm like, I'm, I'm married yeah. to a girl that I never thought I was good enough to get married to. Mm-hmm. And she um, loves you so much. Yeah. yeah. And I have, you know, I've got a son and yeah. another guy in the way. Um, and like a church I'm involved with and I have no friends that really aren't really good for me. I've surrounded yeah, myself with such good people and not, not even on purpose. I right. just kind of, it just kind of <laughs> happened. It's kind of like the Lord. Yeah. yeah. And with Bill, mm-hmm. you know, I, um, I think you told him that I do hair or something, and so he texted me for yes. yeah, yeah, not Bill Johnson. Bill Freed. I you. wish I could tell Bill. <laughs> yeah. I'll totally tell yeah. him that. He needs me. So I did Bill Freegie's hair, mm-hmm. and then he went home and said the Lord told him that he needs to meet with me once a week for lunch. <laughs> so that's yeah. discipleship. Lunches. You're doing it. Right. Yeah. God told me. Bill Freegie. <laughs> yeah. I was like, whatever you say, I'll do. <laughs> sure. Yes, sir. <laughs> so we shared. Um, I think our, our love for animals was very apparent. Oh, my gosh. He's the worst. <laughs> I'm kidding. That's not podcasting. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, so Bill, I mean, he was... He was just so awesome, and, and I get to do his hair still every couple of weeks. And, mm-hmm. um, but I'm just so thankful for people like that, you know, yeah. um, in our like that in our life group. I mean, there's I put no effort really into any of it, and the Lord just gave me all these things. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it just blows my mind. I mean, I'm just right. so thankful for it. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's such a such a key thing what you're sharing uh, that the stark contrast of like what sin and the enemy tries to isolate yeah. and then now yeah. as soon as God gets a hold of you like I didn't do anything and there's all this community there's yeah. all these people 
That's how we're created. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To live. Yeah. And like that it did require, like obviously you had to will for freedom. Right. You have to yeah. Like desire it. Yeah. But like the, the day of salvation was not mm-hmm. something that Stefan was like, okay, today. You know, yeah. like the Lord yeah. in grace. Yeah. And like I, you know, in my head, I'm like, Lord, why not the first day? Like, why wait? Yeah. You know, but yeah. at the same time, just not to argue with the timing of God. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I, don't, I don't think I, I just really didn't let him into my life before that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's right when I did, when I truly cried out to him as one. I mean, I knew he was there all along. Yeah. But I, I don't know if that's, I don't know, whatever it is, I'm, I'm thankful for it. Yeah. It's so amazing. I think, like, just hearing the whole story about uh, the journey and the process is encouraging to me because I feel like there are a lot of people who, in different situations, in myself included, where you feel, like, hopeless on certain areas. And then that you would, that picture of you in the ocean, in the boot, I'm like, oh, I so relate to that. Like, if you could eliminate. And I feel like that's really what my journey with the Lord is, is, like, eliminating one crutch after the other until, like, you're really just standing on Jesus. No, even... um, so I went to, or I started to, I never, pre, I never liked beer before that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then after I noticed myself, I started to drink beer. Mm-hmm. And so that got to the point where I was, I was just drinking too much mm-hmm. and I, that became a crutch. And I was like, well, this, um, my body's not addicted to it. It's legal. Yeah. This is fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's and so fun. for me, it wasn't. Yeah. Um, and I'll just give you a real quick story. Yeah, please. But it was it was a big one because it was the first time I really heard the Lord the Lord's Lord. The Lord. <laughs> the Lord's voice. Um, it was when I was living at Carly's house in Chris's house, um, and I lived in their basement. I, I read a book called Good Morning Holy Spirit. A buddy of mine gave it to me, so I was really good about it, about reading it. I woke up every morning and I was reading it, and I was just asking the Lord. I was like, I just want to hear your voice so badly. I want to know what it's like. I know it's possible. Yeah. And so, um, at, when I was at work downtown, I was, so you know Jimmy Ryan? Yeah. Um, I had never met Jimmy. Actually, we were going to a Haste the Day concert before when I was in college because there was a guy at Taylor that played, but we missed it. So I never saw I never saw him. So I've never seen Jimmy, didn't know anything about him, what he looked like. Yeah. Um, did Chad tell you this? No. She told uh, me I loved him. Yeah. So... I was leaving downtown, leaving my salon, and I was in the hallway, and you could only see, like, there was a glass door out to Indiana Avenue, and there's this little, you know, I could only see a door, and I see this guy zip by on his bike, and I heard the Lord say, that's Jimmy, and I was like, wow, I was like, I, and I knew, so one of my buddies, Brennan, I knew he was friends with them, and then Kelly, you know, from out of town, yeah. uh, we, were on, we were going to a concert one time, and he told me about Jimmy yeah so I knew I knew who Jimmy was just never had seen him and um and so I was like that's super weird that he would tell me that yeah that's I'm like, that's Lord's voice I need to go <laughs> you just never I, know what the Lord's gonna yeah. say yeah I was like I need to go I need to go get him yeah and as uh, he's whizzing away on his bike yeah so I ran up to my car and chased <laughs> him down chased him down <laughs> you heard God uh, and so it, it was hard timing to like actually get up to him because he's always right at the stoplight on the sidewalk there and so I pull up and I rolled up my window I was like hey are you Jimmy <laughs> and he's like yeah and, and I was like I don't know why but the Lord told me your name and I'm just trying to hear his voice and it was just kind <laughs> of quick and it was weird uh, so he left 
no, no interaction for, I don't know, a year, year and a half or so. We followed each other on social media, and he posted a story that said, um, uh, at this point, he said, like, two months ago, I broke up with alcohol, and I was reading it, and I was mm. so, I was 100%. That's the whole reason I, I was, I met Jimmy, Whoa. was to, the Lord to tell me, I need to quit drinking beer. Wow. Um, and so, a, a long a couple of years went by and I had always felt convicted of that. Like when I was at, when I was worshiping, mm-hmm. I was like, no, that's just, that's just, that's not, I don't have to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I felt so convicted by it. So I was like, Lord, if this is truly what you want from right. me, if you want me to be free of everything, I get it, but it's, I don't want to do that. So I need, <laughs> I need to, I need you to speak to me on that. Yeah. And so that's probably, I don't, within the week, um, I was asleep and I had a dream that I was driving down a country road um, and you know those like toll booth things mm-hmm. that are up and down um, I could just see what was in the headlights and this big uh, red toll thing comes down in front of my car and I was like reading the what it said and it said in big white letters Indiana needs you to stop drinking no way yeah isn't that wild and I think I told you that yeah time. And Did, I hope you didn't wake up and be like, I don't know, that wasn't very I was clear. joking with with them. I was like, all right, we're getting close. <laughs> he shared that with the group. Now it's easy to say Stefan. He shared that yeah. with the group, the wow. life group. And then he was like, yes, I think maybe I'll think about it. And everyone's like, what? <laughs> wow. So that was great. So that was like yeah. about seven months ago or so. Yeah. Um, so but awesome. I just didn't think it would be possible for me to be free of, every, of everything, even yeah. if it wasn't a huge deal. Yeah. Um, so, and I was just talking to him, like, at the conference, it was, like, people were needing freedom of things, you know, and it was the first time I've ever been to anything like that, feeling like, I don't need freedom from anything. There's yeah. nothing, there's no, I'm not in any bondage anymore of anything. That's crazy. Um, awesome. So, anyway. I love that, and I yeah. love that it's, like, it was a permissible thing. You know, like, Paul yeah, says, like, sure. all things are permissible, not all things are beneficial. And to think that, yeah. that the Holy Spirit cares about us individually to see, yeah. like, hey, this is your limit. Right. It might not be your neighbor's limit or your sure. best friend's yeah. limit or even your, like, wife or husband's yeah. neighbors. And to, like, respect that he does that. I was talking yeah. to Eden recently because she was talking about how she, anyway, in a similar way, it was, like, giving in to friends and peer pressure. And she was, I was like, how do you feel when you do that stuff? And she was like, well, I feel, like, sad. Like, I'm making God sad. And I was oh, like, wow. well, I was like, Eden... The thing is, like, the hearing the voice of God is a privilege, and when we obey, we hear more. But if you just continue to ignore, like, you lose hearing the voice. Yeah. And yeah. To think that you're cultivating your obedience as like a pathway for Him to speak. Yeah. Even more, which is so cool. And with yeah. your two kids, like, just what the Lord's yeah. gonna do in your yeah. family and with your sons and yeah. and this podcast, I feel like it's super powerful. Just hearing. Yeah. That's what, great. What God can do. Mm-hmm. I yeah. had a, a question, unless yes, you wanted yeah, no, to go somewhere before we ended. I uh, just, uh, just even you kind of talking about that. Like, I just want to hear like what you're excited about. Like, what's next? Yeah, what do you yeah. think? What's coming up? Like, I don't. I just I know there's stuff in you. They're like, yeah, I'm excited to see what God does in this and this relationship, whatever it is. You know. Yeah. Um, man, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> probably I, a lot. I'm just so thankful that <laughs> yeah. like this is life now. Yeah. Um, like I. Was told I just I just never saw it possible to be yeah free of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So man, I, I don't know. I'm just 
I don't know. Yeah, that sounds like you need to ask the Lord for your Right, sure. Because then he'll have an arrow that says, like, the next Yeah, I think what I'm most excited about is, you know, all the clients I come into contact with. Oh, wow. I'm just so... I'm so excited that because there's so many lost ones. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I was at that conference, Jason did some prophecy stuff over me and was telling you know, people that would be drawn to me. And I was like, yeah. wow. I was that almost going to say people are drawn to you and Janelle should have said it. <laughs> it's, it's the truth. It is true. And they, or he was saying how, you know, people won't really know what it is that they're drawn, but it's going to be, it's the Lord living in you that they're drawn yeah. to. Yeah. Wow. So, and I, I mean, that's just a bunch of clients that are, that yeah. I'm close with and they really? all, they all know about me. Yeah. And I know they're going to be desperate at some point, yeah. desperate enough to reach out to me. And, um, and so I think I'm, I'm just so excited to see, um, yeah, to see them come to the Lord at some point. Yeah. And I know there's so many of them, uh, there's like a few of them that I know are so close yeah. and one of them asked I mean, he's he doesn't believe in the Lord at all and he asked me how the conference was um, and so I, I just know I know there's a lot of people that are yeah. that I can um, that were living you know maybe not in dramatic sin like I was but yeah. But they're lost. And yeah. they need the and Lord. That's a, I think that's the takeaway today is like sin yes. is sin is sin. Yeah. 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 You know, it is. Whether it's like addiction to pills or addiction to pornography or addiction to self worship. Yeah. yeah. Like it all stinks. It yeah. all wants it to is. kill you. Yeah. And like freedom really is possible. We right. can eliminate the buoys one at a time, which is so cool. Yeah. So great. Will so, you pray yeah. for everybody listening? Just bless them and pray for anybody who might be listening and has like, is like, oh, I think this is my red flag of addiction. Like, yeah. Will you just ask for freedom so, yeah. for those people? Yeah. Uh, Father, we come to you as your sons and daughters, and we just, we want, um, you create us in a certain way, and we just want to live in that, in that way that you've created us. So, um, I ask Father for anyone, um, anyone that needs it, Lord, place them on our heart, um, give them the hunger for you, um, and anyone that's been through addiction stuff, um, I pray that you, um, just let them know and truly believe that ju- that's just not the way it is um, and that your your brain can truly change um, and you can do whatever you want to do. And uh, living in freedom is such a joy, and it's really not just saying no um, to things that other people find, find fun, um, but um, just living in freedom and living with your presence and experiencing your Holy Spirit is, is a greater high than anything. Um, anything I've ever experienced and there's such a wholeness to to your love and, and to what you have for us that you just can't experience without you so we just pray for all those people um, that are lonely um, and that are just without you that they come to find you um, in Jesus name amen. amen thanks so much guys this was awesome yeah thank you